Welcome in to the PrintFest DFS podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rue. I'm joined by my buddy, Scott. And uh, it's not a good day for the, for the PrintFest boys. Uh, we got pounded into oblivion by Derek Henry. So this is our, these are our cash lineups. As you can see, I scored a little under 127 and Scott scored uh, a little over 124. So the line of cash in double ups was right around uh, 143. So clearly not good enough. Uh, I played 165 head to heads. I won 48. Uh, so 29%. I mean, just just a, a ass whooping by the people who played Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, I got absolutely stomped too. I think I won like 25% of my head to heads. I mean, it was far and away the worst week I've had so far this year. Um, basically, if you played Derrick Henry, you made money. And if you didn't play Derrick Henry, you lost money. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So we'll get into it here. So starting at the quarterback position, you know, Fitz was fine. I, I think his floor was definitely solid and we both played Fitz. I think that his ceiling was lacking because we knew the Jets weren't going to uh, return anything on the other side to keep him throwing in the second half. I mean, he had, I think he had 20 points at halftime through two picks in the second half and ended up with 18. So uh, I think, I think Tannehill at the same price. We also talked about him on the Friday night pod. And I think Tannehill was probably a better play here just because that, that game environment and it was a fast paced game there against Houston and, and that game shot out. I mean, that, that game's total hit uh, 78 and uh, the over runner in that game was 53. So the game went like 25 points over the over the total and just everyone on the Titans and everyone on the Texans just blew up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny, too, that Tannehill absolutely crushed. And <laughs> the crazy thing about it is the game script that I was worried about is actually how this game played out. The Titans got up by two scores early and Derrick Henry was just absolutely eating. But Tannehill's efficiency has just continued from last year. Yeah, really haven't seen that regress. And I mean, if you would have told me that Tannehill is going to score, what did, what did he end up scoring? 33 or something? 33. 33 in a game where Derrick Henry is, a, is the leading scorer on the slate. I tell you, you're crazy. It's, it's crazy. Correlate well whatsoever. But I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. looking back on the slate, I mean, if I would have just pivoted from Tannehill to Fitz, I might have, you know, not lost everything today, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that one change, that's another, uh, let's see, another. That gets me about to the line of cash. Yeah, it's about another 15 points. That puts you right around the line of cash. So, rolling right into running back, uh, we both played uh, Madison, Mike Davis, and Dave Montgomery. And starting with, with Alexander Madison, I mean, they got – the doors blown off them. I think they were down by 24 points in the first half. So game script just completely got away from, from Minnesota and he never really got much going on the ground at all. He was pretty chalky. He was around 50% owned in, in double up. So, you know, I, I believe Henry is right around 30%. So there were people who faded uh, Madison and played Henry instead and, and kudos to them. They I mean, they blew the doors off us. I mean, talk about ultimate run bad. I mean, Minnesota just got the doors blown off them for the majority of this game. They didn't really put up a fight till close Not to the late. I mean, three Kirk Cousins interceptions in the first half. 
I mean, Dalvin Cook would have been killed in that kind of game script. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, how many more points do you think Dalvin would have scored? You think Dalvin would have probably put up like ten or something? I mean, I'm pretty confident that Dalvin Cook would have got us a lot more than four. But I know by no means do I think he would have hit value at a seventy-two hundred dollar. Yeah, I, I think I think the mistake here with Madison is is Henry. I think we should have considered Henry a little bit more, but. I mean, really, I, I'm not going to sit there and line up and play Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and uh, A.J. Brown in, in, a, in one cash lineup. That's just – that's not the way I play, and that's not – I would – see, the thing is with, with Henry is his target share is – he's going to get like one or two targets. And in cash, I almost never consider a guy who's not going to get more than, you know, four or five targets. And Henry had five targets today, which is something I did not expect. And – yeah, he just jammed it down our throat. Yeah, man. I mean, here's the thing with Henry. I by no means was going to fade Mike Davis or Madison. So if I would have went Henry, I would have just paid up at that third running back slot and not even had the decision point between Montgomery and Gaskin. Yeah. And that would have taken me down from A-Rob uh, and probably Galladay as well. It would have been something like an A.J. Brown, Claypool, and then whichever third receiver of your choice down in, the, in that 5K range. I'm assuming that's how the pricing would have, would have worked out. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, I talked about on Friday how much I liked Henry in this game script, but I couldn't get there in cash. I mean, I thought just in general Madison was a better play, and so I never even really thought – I never even debated in my head Madison versus Henry, right? I think yeah, I mean, Madison was a stone cold lock. Maybe that was a mistake, not, you know, for us not to consider Henry enough. I mean, and, and let's be real with ourselves. Henry hit a 99th percentile outcome, and Madison hit like his, no, his absolute stone floor in this. Henry, so, Henry scored 27 more points than Mike Davis and Madison combined. I mean, Jesus, what are we talking about here? I mean, he scored more than Davis, Montgomery, and Madison combined. Yeah, yeah. We could have played Derrick Henry with LaMichael P. Ryan and Rex Burkhead and just absolutely printed. Yeah. Nothing else would have mattered. So, yeah. Move on to Mike Davis. He had 18, uh, he ended up having 20 touches. So that's good. But his efficiency was terrible. I mean, Chicago, they're, it's not like they're unbeatable against the run. I mean, they're, they're okay against the run. But really, Mike Davis, I mean, he ended up scoring a touchdown, losing a fumble as well. But he only had three targets, and that's something I did not expect. I did not expect Derrick Henry to out-target Mike Davis by two. So uh, it's just such a blip on the radar. You just did not expect that. I mean, going into the game, the guy had a 22% target share uh, on the season. So it's – I don't know. I don't know what to say about that one. I think he was a really solid process play. Again, I mean, he was another lock in my opinion. He is – you know, 80, 85% of CMC at a 7K price tag, I'm going to lock that in every week. Yep. Uh, the, I mean, in this game, Teddy Two Gloves just played like absolute crap. I mean, yeah, it smoked. They, I think we were, we were talking about it in the second half. He had like 10 completions. I mean, yeah. He's like three and out every drive. I, yeah. I mean, it's just absolute run bad between all three of these. Well, I won't say all three of these running backs, but at least Davis and Madison hit essentially their floors. Um, 
So I mean, yeah, it's frustrating, but from a process standpoint, I would have played I would have played Davis a hundred out of a hundred times and not thought twice about it. Yep. And Dave Montgomery, he ended up getting 23 touches, which is exactly what we expected. He ended up playing like 86% of snaps. Uh, he did get five targets, which all like his, his usage was perfectly fine. He wasn't very efficient, which we did not expect. We expect him to be a little more efficient. I mean, I know he's not good, but Carolina is so bad against the run. And he did get two goal line carries. He did, he almost crossed the plane, but his elbow was just down. And at that point, he did have a touchdown and got it taken away. So if he does get that touchdown, he gets up to 20 points and he's a perfectly fine play. Uh, he got the volume. So I honestly, I don't, I actually don't have any regrets on Dave Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, again, the price tag, 5,800 for a projected bell cow role. And that's what he got. He got the bell cow role. Again, this was just a real ugly game. Yeah. But what I will say is that I will never play David Montgomery again. <laughs> he, he's pretty I, bad. I said on Friday, if I lose money because of David Montgomery, and I didn't just lose money because of David Montgomery. Yeah. I said I will not be able to, to recover from that. <laughs> I'm not playing him again. I have a vendetta against this guy. I absolutely hate him. He sucks. <laughs> I just – it's so tilting that I – I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference if I would have been Gaskin. I still would have gotten swamped. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we all played we, – we both played the same quarterback, same running backs. Uh, we both played A.J. Brown. I mean, total smash. I mean, we, we mentioned it at the end of the pod. Is He was a windmill play, and he certainly was. Scored 22.6. Ended up having seven targets, five for 56 and two, and the, the touchdown that put them into overtime. So – Absolute smash on, on A.J. Brown. He was he was just underpriced. He's just – if you didn't play him, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. He was just a lock, an absolute stone lock. We we, yeah. we had said before that Mike Davis, Madison, and A.J. Brown were the three locks of the week. Um, I, I never pivoted off this point. I never questioned taking him out. I mean, it was just – it's one of the best spots we're going to see for him all year in a game where Corey Davis didn't play. Yeah. Um, not that I mean he stinks anyway, so not that it really it matters, but it just makes the spot that much better for AJ Brown, right? So I mean, one of the one of the couple bright spots of this lineup. So <laughs> yeah, one of the decision points uh, for a lot of people wasn't really for me was was paying up at wide receiver for Devonte Adams and then paying down for Montgomery or Gaskin or paying up for Henry and then coming down to someone like McLaurin or Claypool or Galladay, something like that. And I ended up going up to Devontae Adams, and he ended up having 10 targets. He had six for 61 on 10 targets. And, you know, Green Bay just, just got absolutely pummeled by, by Tampa Bay. And then in, in the fourth quarter, they just pulled their starters. And I was hoping for some kind of garbage time for Adams, maybe garbage time bonus touchdown. And they ended up putting in uh, Tim Boyle. So, yeah, it's just, just a drubbing by Tampa Bay. Their defense is unbelievable. But I, I, I really – I don't think I have any regrets playing Devontae Adams. He was only 10% owned in double-ups, and his his floor is just so high. Like he hit his, his stone floor and still got 12 points. So I really don't have regrets on Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, this is another game where uh, – the most frustrating part about watching this Green Bay game is that they didn't even try to come back. I mean, they, they put a little bit of flight. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had – an awful day by by all standards. I mean, just an ugly, ugly performance. So, I mean, process-wise, Adams is the safest receiver on any given slate in any given week. So, process-wise, I, I mean, I would if I were you, I, w I wouldn't have felt bad about that at all. Yeah. 
Um, now I, uh, so I talked on Friday about how my windmill play was Allen Robinson, but I didn't actually want to play him in cash. I fiddled around with my lineup most of Sunday morning, trying to get up to Adam Thielen, who I really did not feel comfortable fading. Right. But I, I just kept going back and forth. I could not fit Adam Thielen with the three running backs that I wanted and Trey Burton. Right. So if I would have had to play Adam Thielen, I would have had to go down to Irv Smith and I was not comfortable playing three Vikings. Um, and so I fiddled and fiddled and fiddled. I, I thought about moving down from Fitzpatrick to Joe Burrow just, just to get a little bit of a, of a, a price drop to get up to Thielen. Um, at the end of the day, I didn't get there. Um, so process-wise, I wasn't really thrilled with playing A-Rob. I liked the spot but I thought Thielen was a much better play. I more so liked A-Rob to get off of the projected chalk with Montgomery and to maybe as a nice pivot point off of Thielen or Adams or um, those high priced receivers. Um, but at the end of the day, if I would have found the way to get Adam Thielen in this lineup, I would have gotten stopped. So, it, it, I mean, it came down to, I didn't play Derrick Henry, so nothing else really mattered, but right. process wise, it was Thielen over A-Rob for me. I just I just couldn't make it fit in a way that I felt comfortable with heading into lock. Yeah. yeah so I ended up rolling with Claypool. So I, I had a 2v2, right? And, and the 2v2 was uh, Terry McLaurin and Miles Gaskin uh, or uh, Chase Claypool and Dave Montgomery. I ended up going with Claypool Montgomery. I know the volume was probably higher there with, with uh, McLaurin and Gaskin. Uh, I just thought the the upside of Chase Claypool without Deontay Johnson in there was just so high. I know he's going to play uh, about a third of his snaps from the slot and Cleveland's just been smoked from the slot. And I know Juju has just not, even, even this week, he didn't have over a 20% target share for the fifth week. Uh, he hasn't had a, a 20% target share all year. I mean, this guy is literally running. He's like Cole Beasley out there. Like, I don't know what happened to Juju Smith-Schuster, but he he's literally like Cole Beasley or some of these, like like Isaiah Ford, like literally like these slot receivers who are just, not getting much volume at, at low A dots. I mean, his A dot on the season is 4.7. I mean, so I, I decided to go with the, with the upside of Chase Claypool. Um, yeah, he only had four targets, but he, he maximized those. He had four receptions for 74 yards and ended up getting a, a rushing touchdown there on the goal line. So they're finding a way to utilize him. They're using him in all these different ways. They're scheming him plays. So 5,200. I thought he was okay. He wasn't my favorite play. He's my last guy in, but he ended up being just fine. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about Claypool a little bit on Friday, and I was I, I had mentioned that I wasn't really enamored with the spot, mainly because I was a little bit concerned with, with his snap share. He actually ended up with only four targets in this game and ran pretty hot. What killed me was that m most of the lineups I looked at that had Henry – also played Claypool, right? And Claypool running that hot just solidified that I was losing money. Yeah. yeah. So he's just a monster, man. I mean, they they scheme him open. He's just a dynamic athlete, big-bodied guy. I mean, he should have had three touchdowns in this game. He almost did. Um, <laughs> on five touches. <laughs> on five touches, right? So he ran extra hot, but, I mean, it yeah. was a good play. I mean, yeah, it worked out. Yep. Uh, my last receiver in was was uh, Kenny G. 
Um, again, I, I didn't really pivot off this at all. Um, I felt great about the spot. I mean, Jacksonville, I know they had CJ Henderson coming back, but uh, Detroit moves their receivers around a lot, and Henderson plays something like 80% of snaps on one side. So yep. I knew that Gallaudet was going to be moved around a lot and kept away from Henderson. So I really wasn't that concerned with the spot. Um, he ended up hitting the bonus, you know, only four receptions, but I mean, that, that's kind of something that you, you expect with Kenny G, even though he has gotten a little bit of an uptick in volume with, with Marvin Jones struggling early on. Um, overall, I was fine with him. Um, he, he, he got there for what it was. I mean, if I would have done this again, I would have, I would have still played him. I mean, he was fine for the price, I think. Yeah, he was fine. Uh, yeah, the only reason I I, I, I like Galladay, the only reason I kind of got off him was, was the pace in that game. I thought the game was going to be a little slower pace, and I I didn't think he was going to go over the total. Um, but, no, he, Galladay was perfectly fine. He was fine. So, I mean, at tight end, we both just hit the absolute hammer on, on uh, Trey Burton. I was surprised he was so owned. Um, he was, I think, somewhere around, like, 45, 50% owned in double ups. Um, Eric Smith was only like 18%, something around there. But I mean, just he, he only had, I believe, Burton. Yeah, he only had five targets. He was four for 58 and one. He also had a, that rushing touchdown out of Wildcat on the goal line. So, I mean, Burton ran hot as hell uh, to get to 20, almost 22 points. But he was he was a fine process play. Mo Alec Cox was out. He was going to be, yeah, still splitting routes with Jack Doyle, but. 3100 is just too cheap for, especially for a home favorite. You know, it be having a big implied total is really important to tight end uh, for the touchdown equity, and he ended up getting two. Yeah, I mean, this is another guy we we touted on Friday night. Um, we know Philip Rivers loves his tight ends. We knew Mo Alley was gone, and we know that Cincinnati has struggled against tight ends all year. Only five targets. He ran very hot. I'm not complaining. Uh, I've been running super hot on tight end this year. I played Jordan Reed. The week he played like 14 snaps and yeah. fell into the box twice. But uh, this is absolutely my favorite kind of play. You know, the, the cheap sub 3,500 tight end who just absolutely lays it on on Sunday. So, Berkster did it. You, you called him out on the Friday show. He had up with 28 points. <laughs> yeah, I would have played Burton and Berkster instead of shitty ass Alexander Madison. Berkster goes out and gets nine targets. I mean, I was I was thinking, oh, maybe he'll get four and five, four or five targets, maybe fall into the end zone. Yeah. Did I know he was going to get nine targets and hit the bonus? <laughs> yeah. So we end up, we both ended up playing Bengals defense, and you know they were twenty one hundred against Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers just like the guy's dust. He ended up being fine today, but he's so erratic and throws a ton of interceptions and. I was perfectly fine with with Bengals D. We love punting defense and tight end because it's just so defense is just so unpredictable. Four points for a twenty one hundred. I mean, whatever. Yeah, we were playing Burton, so we were, we were. If you guess, I guess you want to call it. It's not correlated as much. The defense is twenty one hundred. It allows you to get up to uh, some better plays at your more important positions. I, I'm fine with Bengals. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we. I rarely, if ever, have paid up at defense and cash games. There's so much variance of defense that I really don't see that there's any reason to do so. And I mean, in this game, the Bengals playing Phillip Rivers, who we know is in, or who, who we know is turnover prone, has looked like, I mean, washed. To be brilliantly honest, he's looked washed this year. So, I mean, at the lowest price at defense, I mean, 
that was fine. I don't really think too much of defense. So yeah, it was fine for what it was. Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, we didn't have Derrick Henry. We played Alexander Madison, and we got smoked. So that's the way it goes. Sometimes you know, sometimes you're the uh, sometimes you're the windshield, and sometimes you're the bug. <laughs> we, we were the bug. We got we got train wrecked today. So we'll be back on Friday night for the week seven breakdown, and good luck out there. On the next week. <laughs>